ever since I was a kid and growing up, um, my family was always a uh, put the TV on in the morning kind of family and just let it run all day. Um, so we constantly had stuff in the background. I know uh, some people, they think they walk into our house and they're like, who's watching the TV? And no one, but it's just been on. It's on all the time. Um, what I, I, I have, that's a, that's a habit that has just held on now, uh, now that I've grown up and now that I live in a rectory and live by myself. Um, but one of the things I've noticed, uh, typically when I'm watching TV, if, uh, if there seems to be nothing on TV, there's one show that has become kind of my guilty pleasure. Um, it's the show that uh, I'm pretty certain that it's on at all times, every, every moment of the day. Um, I just have to go over to True TV because it's Impractical Jokers. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, right, the, uh, the, the, the hidden camera show where a couple of buddies, they make, they make each other do ridiculous things. Um, always have enjoyed Impractical Jokers. Thought it was hysterical the first time I watched it. And now I think I've seen every episode probably like three times because it's always playing. It's constantly playing. But it's one of those things, it's just like if I need to, if, if, if I just want mindless TV, that's my show, right? Some people it's game shows. Some people it's like whatever. My, mine is Impractical Jokers. That's, that's just my mindless, go for it kind of television show, right? Um, I, I've always enjoyed the, the hidden camera idea, right? Um, there's something funny about that. There's something about not un unsuspecting people, right, being put on in, into awkward situations, into funny situations, um, and, and getting raw and real reactions from them. Um, if you're from a certain generation uh, and, and you're not like familiar with Impractical Jokers, you might be you might be more familiar with the show on MTV Punked back in the day with Ashton Kutcher before he was a nut uh, and on Two and a Half Men. Um, you might remember it before that. Uh, Candid camera back in the day, right? Same kind of thing. But just these hidden camera shows have always been kind of popular because you get raw, real reactions from people. And ABC News picked up on this kind of fad at one point. Uh, and they had a show, uh, or a segment of a news show, I think it was, and then it turned into its own show called uh, What Would You Do? And what they did was is it wasn't like lighthearted, goofy, kind of funny situations that they would put people into. But more, they would do kind of hot-button issues. And what they would do is, is they would plant actors in these different settings, and they would get common person or, com you know, like the, 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 the normal or, or like the normal person's reaction to see how would they handle some of these situations. So, for example, one of them they did, uh, all of these are now on YouTube, so if you go type in what would you do, you'll probably find just like a list of them uh, on YouTube. One of them uh, that I saw was a... Um, what they did was is they put a, a family, it was a Sunday, they, they made a point to do it on a Sunday in this restaurant um, for lunch, and uh, they put a family sitting down together, and they're going to pray grace before their meal. Then they planted, they plant that family, and then they plant another, act, uh, another actress sitting one table over who's an atheist. And what she would do is, is when they would bow their heads to start praying, she would speak up and say, excuse me, I'm an atheist. Can you not shove your face in my face like that? And then all of the, then they would say it loud enough where people in a restaurant would hear it and let's see the reactions play out. Now, Sunday, they would do, I think they were in like San Antonio or something. So Sunday, in a place where they have a lot of like Christian kind of culture and people are trying to pray and this person speaks up, you can about imagine what some of these people look like. Like, come on, why don't you shut up and let them do it? You know, like all this kind of like, like this kind of like, vitriol and spit and hate and anger and like all this kind of stuff. It was interesting. It was, a, it was an old couple that at one point they kind of said, they have a right to do it, ma'am. 
if you want to talk, we can talk. Come on. And they invited the lady over to their table. And then they also invited the mom actress over. So, like, these two actors are sitting there, and they're having, like, a little powwow, and, like, it's, it's, the, it, 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 it's like ecumenism happening right there at the table, which was kind of cool. Like, it was just cool. Like, the way they reacted was, we're going to be peacemakers. We're not going to spit hate and argue and that kind of thing. So it's really interesting to see these different reactions. One of them in particular, one of these scenes that, that really stuck with me um, when I saw it years ago, um, what they did was, is they had a, it was an interracial couple. And what it was is, is that this person was at a barbershop getting their hair cut, and they were getting, they, they were, it was in Harlem, and this girl walks in, and it's an interracial couple, and, and they say, hey, honey, and all this stuff, and the, the person cutting hair starts criticizing this person of a different race. And you see this tension, and I, I, could, I could feel the tension when I was watching it of like, ooh, and you could see, like, most of the times that they did it, somebody spoke up and somebody said, you ain't a problem and all this other stuff. Like, but there was this one time, this one scene, this one interaction with it, where they let it go, and no one said a word. No one said a thing. They kept cutting off to, to the different people's reactions, and like, you see some eye rolls. And you see some like hands go like face palming kind of situations, like, right? But no one said a word. It got so far that the person that was like being the racist figure in this even said, Everybody here's thinking it. And no one said a word. The girl walked out the room, and then it was the reveal, right? Like, oh, you've been on, you, you're on this show, it's what would you do? And they started interviewing the people that were in the room. They asked one lady, they said, do you agree with her? And she said, no, absolutely not. She said, racism is terrible. In all forms, it's terrible. Evil. And then their follow-up question was, and why you didn't say something? And she just kind of sat there. You could see her thinking, wheels turning. And she said, hmm, I guess I didn't just, I, I guess I just didn't think it was my place. I guess I don't, I just didn't think it was my place to say anything. That she wouldn't speak out against something that she saw as an injustice, that she saw as evil, as she saw as just not right. I guess I just didn't think it was my place. I think the reason why that stuck with me so much, especially now as I, as, as I was preparing for today's homily, um, the reason why I think it came up is because I think that we as Christians fall into that mold, into that space a lot. We see injustice, we might see problems, we might see things that just like aren't right, need to change, all this kind of stuff. And just for some reason, we feel deep down that, hey, it's just not my place to say something. We feel deep down that, you know what, instead of saying something and causing it to be, God forbid, awkward for a minute, let's just let it go. And that'll be enough. But today, in our readings, especially in our first reading, 
God warns us about that mentality, about that way of thinking. We hear it in the prophet Ezekiel. We just heard it in our first reading. I know a lot of times the first reading, whenever we hear it's from the prophet, usually that's when we kind of like, I, I know I, my, my little confession, a lot of times that's whenever I like catch up on like, okay, what am I supposed to be doing or saying, right? The Old Testament, a lot of times we kind of like, oh yeah, I don't really know the names and the people and all that kind of stuff, so it probably doesn't have to do with me. But let's listen to this. God says, I appointed you Ezekiel. He tells Ezekiel, I've appointed you to be a prophet to my people. I appointed you to say the words that I want to say to them. You are my mouthpiece. <laughs> you are the one speaking on my behalf to my people. And then he says, if I tell the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die. So God is saying, if I look at the person who is, who is in sin, who is struggling, who is doing something wrong, if I say, O wicked one, you surely will die. And you do not speak out to dissuade the wicked from his way. The wicked shall die for his guilt. The wicked are going to continue to do what they're doing, and they're going to have a consequence. But I will hold you responsible for his death. God's saying, if, if, if you know better and you don't say something, if you know better and you don't, you don't call them out, you know better, you don't share what you know, then I'm going to hold you responsible for the issue, for their death. I'm going to hold you responsible for not saying something which could have prevented them from falling into sin. That's a high bar, y'all. <laughs> I don't know about you, but for me, that, that's kind of intimidating. That's scary. That if I know something and I see something wrong and I, and I, and I, I know what's better and I, and, and I care about this person, that I am called as a prophet, as a person who has been baptized as a prophet, to speak out and to share the truth. Not to call people out, right? Not to start beating people over the head with a Bible. Not to start yelling at people. Not to start cursing at people. Not to try and condemn them or, 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 or knock them down. But to say, I love that person enough. I love you enough that I'm going to say, no, this is the truth. This is the better way. I want you to be okay. I want you to be saved. I don't want you in sin. That's a really high bar. Now we might think, go back to the what would you do <laughs> scenes, right? We might think that we would speak up and we would say something, and I don't have a problem making things awkward, Father, you don't understand, okay? Thanksgiving this year, when that uncle shows up, and everybody got that uncle, right? When that uncle shows up and he says a racist joke, or he says something that's disparaging against the church, or he says something about this person or that person or this is wrong or that is wrong. When we're in the gossip circles and they're talking about that person over there, because you know what she did last Thursday. Do we speak up? Or do we just want to keep the peace and not let it be awkward? We as Christians are called to have courage to be a prophet, to speak the truth when we see it. 
And for us to not do it, as we heard in the prophet Ezekiel, there'll be hell to pay. There's a I, you, you may have heard me use this story. Um, it's one it's one of my favorites, but I, I think it's very very telling and it and it goes along this line. Um, there's a uh, in Las Vegas. There's a a, a comedian slash uh, magician group called Pin and Teller. Um, you may have heard of them before. Uh, Pin Gillette, really really big guy, um, big gregarious personality, very loud, very funny, right? Um, his sidekick is uh, his name's Teller. He's like the quiet. He's like this little silent guy that's kind of like his assistant on stage, and they, their interactions are really funny, right? Um, so they kind of go back and forth, and it's a, it, their, their show is, has, been on, it has been in Vegas and has been recognized for a long time. These guys are famous. They've had like different TV shows and different things that they've been uh, highlighted on. It, they're just a really, really good, good entertainers. Um, one of the, uh, but, but one of the things about Penn that, that he's gotten a lot of notoriety about um, is that he's an atheist, right? So Penn is, he, he's known as an atheist, he doesn't believe in God, he doesn't see a point of God, he doesn't see any of these backgrounds. Um, he's been on different shows and talked about his atheism, um, but not like in a way of like, I can't stand Christians, he's just like, you believe what you want, I just don't believe it in myself, right? Um, not attacking, but just, he, he's, he's all about reason and rationality and, um, and logic, and, and sometimes he just misses the boat, right? Uh, we pray for him, we fast for him, Right? But it doesn't take away from, he, they, they have a good show, <laughs> it's funny, good magic, all those kind of things. Well, after their shows, what they typically do, like in a lot of Broadway shows and, and these kind of things, um, a lot of times they'll do like a meet and greet with the fans after, out in the front, uh, like in the lobby. So one night, they're out there and they're taking pictures with their, uh, they're taking pictures with fans and, you know, signing autographs and, and just talking with people. Um, and he noticed off in the corner of the lobby, this guy that was just kind of lingering. He's kind of hovering, he's kind of there, and he was waiting. So he's going through the line, he's talking to all these people, and he, thank you, no, that was great, it was beautiful, thank you so much, oh yeah, I appreciate it, you know, all this kind of stuff, taking compliments, signing the autograph, all the kissing the babies, all the things you're supposed to do, right? So he works his way through, and this guy is one of the last people in the room. So when he sees him, he comes up to him, and he just shakes his hand, and he says, how's it going, nice to meet you, did you enjoy the show? The guy, um, he says, actually, I was here last night with my family, um, he kind of starts to give him his backstory. He's like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Christian. I'm from, the, I'm from wherever. We came in. We saw your show. We loved it. It was wonderful. Actually, I was at last night's show, last night's show, and I was, I was one of the volunteers you brought up on the stage, and Penn's like, ah, oh, that's where I recognize you, and they, they just kind of had this good little exchange, right? Genuinely enjoyed his craft, genuinely complimentary, genuinely just like, thank you for what you did. And the guy looked at him and said, you know, I went home. I went back to our room last night. And I just couldn't shake the feeling that I was supposed to give you this. And he says, before I pull out, like, I'm not crazy. Like, <laughs> I, I, we're Christian, this is it. But like, I just couldn't shake the feeling that God was saying, I want to give you this, that, that I should give you this. And he pulls out of his pocket a little book of Scripture. It's the New Testament and the Psalms. And on the front cover, he had written like his information and like a thank you note and a couple of things and information push church, you know, like all these kind of things. And he hands the guy the thing and he says, I just felt like I was supposed to give this to you. And Penn accepts it and he, they had this little conversation. Thank you so much. And they went their separate ways. Well, Penn went after he finished up, after he finished everything up, he goes back to his house and he's sitting on a, on a laptop 
onto a webcam, and he's just like thinking about this and emoting about it and just like sharing what was on his heart about what was going on with this guy handing him some scripture. And he said to he said in it, he said, you know, it's interesting. If Christians really believe what they preach, if Christians really believe that there is a heaven and there is a hell, and we would be at risk at going to the worst possible place of existence ever, hell. Now, the path to heaven is through their Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, if Christians really believe this, how much would they have to hate somebody not to share? How, how much would they have to hate somebody not to share that they know the path to paradise? Very interesting that an atheist recognizes the need for Christians to speak out. Because in a few minutes, we're going we're gonna to say a creed that says, I believe, and I believe, and I believe. And we're going to say it over and over and over again, that I believe in all of these things. Do you? Do I? And do my actions follow it up? Like, if I truly do believe that there is a heaven that is paradise for all eternity, and I truly do believe that there is a hell, and it's really easy to get there. Like, it's really easy. We just have to stop caring, right? And we could get there very, very quickly. If I do believe that that's the case, then why am I not screaming the name of Jesus at every person that I come across? Probably because it only be awful. This week, every one of us will have the opportunity to share the gospel with someone. Every one of us will have the opportunity, when we see injustice, when we see wrong, to be able to speak up and to say, no, 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 this is the better way. Every one of us. Might be at work, might be at school, might be in your fraternity, your sorority, might be with a group of friends, might be with the people that are around church, it might be with me, who knows? Trust me, if you're around me, probably will be with me. There's plenty of chances, right? But every one of us will have the opportunity to say there's a better way. Not in a condemning way, but in a way of loving the person enough to say, no, 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 there's something better. And I want what's good for you. Will we have the courage to speak? Or, step back, let bygones be bygones, let it go, because I don't want it to be weird and awkward. There's two extremes, though, that we can oftentimes come to, and I'll end with this. Because firstly, we may want to just be quiet and not say anything. Because that's an easy way. It is. The other way that's a, good, that's a temptation. It's to skip every step that Jesus talks about of going to the person and, and bringing a group and bringing it to the church and all these kind of things, and just to cut the person off. 
Because if we recognize somebody that is doing wrong, a lot of times it's easier instead of facing them and talking to them about it and to share the gospel and to share what's better. And not from a way of like, I figured it all out, but like in a way of I truly care about you. It, it's a lot of easier sometimes instead of actually caring just to say, no, 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 I'm going to cut them off. I'm going to ghost their text. I'm not going to worry about them. I'm going to leave them alone. They're going to do their own thing. And then, usually with that, it accompanies with, I'm going to tell someone it just won't be them. So did you hear about so-and-so? And that's just as dangerous. It's not saying anything. As we grow in the spiritual life, as we grow and to become, to become, as we try our best on this earth to become the Christians that God is calling us to be, as we try to embrace the call that we got at our baptism, whether we were a baby or an adult, to be a prophet takes courage. And it takes courage to be able to speak the truth into places of error and ignorance. It is not our responsibility for someone to hear us. It is our responsibility to speak. It is not our responsibility to make someone listen. But it is our responsibility to speak. May we as Christians be bold enough and courageous enough to lend our voices to the Lord. Just like Ezekiel did. Just like God called us to do from the moment of our baptism, the moment of our confirmation, and He's continuing to do today. And today as we come to this Mass, we come, come to fall deeper in love with the Lord, to come to know Him better, that we, we continue to grow in our knowledge of Him so that we can share it and speak truth into his love.